0: Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph in Montreal, Gio Giage. Thank you so much for being with us. Today is the 144th edition of the show, and I'm going to be featuring a conversation with Jimmy Dunstan, who is a founder of Mutual Aid Disaster Relief. This is a grassroots disaster relief network based on principles of solidarity and autonomous direct action. It's a very interesting and important initiative as it speaks to many intersecting uh, realities right now. Uh, This is based in the United States and often this network is responding to disasters in relation to the climate as they impact low-income communities in different cities. So this network mobilizes and basically works to get resources together to distribute, uh, particularly to low-income communities in cities across the United States and also communities that are affected by climate change events. This is um, a network that um, relies on autonomous organizing and is not based on government funding and it's a very interesting model and also response to the ways that climate change is affecting communities and i think illustrates uh, the importance of community power as it responds to such very very difficult situations we talked about how the organizing happens but also some of the political ideas behind the project um, so here's my conversation with Jimmy Dunstan of Mutual Aid Disaster Relief. I'd also like to thank uh, friend, author and activist Cindy Milstein for helping arrange uh, this interview. So here is um, my exchange and uh, I'll let it uh, speak for itself from here. Disaster Aid Mutual Relief is you know, a term, if we hear this, um, we would imagine immediately you know, a crisis zone. Um, right now in the context of the climate emergency, there is a growing number of disasters taking place often in these moments. We see that there is a gap in terms of response on the part of state authorities who simply aren't equipped to deal with the magnitude of the crisis. This results often in local communities, stepping up and actually holding things together. The social bonds of solidarity being central to the process. Often, mainstream media narratives don't recognize the autonomous work that takes place within communities to hold things together. Mm-hmm. Jim Dustin is with Disaster Aid Mutual Relief, which is a one one initiative that has tried to articulate and to build on these community responses to. Disaster. So if you could just please introduce yourself and talk a bit about Disaster Aid Mutual Relief and uh, sort of the context within which this is taking place.
1: Yeah, my name is Jimmy Dunson. I'm with Mutual Aid Disaster Relief. We're a people-powered disaster response network based on the principles of mutual aid, solidarity, and autonomous direct action. And what we see time and time again is uh, the state abandons people to disaster and ruin? You know the the market. You know d- is not going to come up with solutions. You know for the crises that, that face us, and the nonprofit industrial complex. You know is um, is again. You know not they're not the cavalry that's going to come in um, to rescue us in our times of need, and that more and more us all of us from below have to come up with ways to take care of each other through through whatever um, crises and disasters we face.
0: Often this response at a community-based level is not articulated. So uh, it takes place, it's important, it's ab- absolutely essential. If we think back to Hurricane Sandy in New York City or Hurricane Katrina, we see people organizing in response uh, at a community-based level. What I really appreciated about your initiative and hearing about it from a common friend of ours, Cindy Milstein, was the fact that you are articulating this response at a grassroots level, both on an organizational level, but also on a political level. Why was it important for you to do that? And could you please just share a bit more about the process of trying to put that together uh, as, as a network and, and, and sort of the politics behind that?
1: So, um, people's default almost, almost all the time after a disaster is, um, is people taking care of each other, is people defaulting back to relationships of mutual aid. And, um, you know, like often what happens is, um, you know, it's, it's not a question of whether there are spontaneous manifestations of mutual aid that arise after a crisis or a disaster. The question is, is that going to be undermined by larger organizations or institutions or supported and uplifted? Um, And so we, um, um, there's um, a number of, you know, you mentioned, you know, Katrina and, and Superstorm Sandy, and those were two examples of how there was a vibrant, uh, people-powered, solidarity-based disaster response um, Common Ground in New Orleans after Katrina and some other groups um, And then also, you know, by Sandy after Superstorm Sandy in New York and New Jersey And um, what, what we had seen was in the, There were smaller uh, examples as well, you know, of, of a similar model uh, but what we saw was uh, it was one location specific, one disaster specific, and each time uh, we all had to like sort of reinvent the wheel, so to speak, you know, cre- recreate the fundraising, recreate the, uh, the materials, the resources, you know, and um, the volunteers, you know, the, um, you know, and just um, so we kind of laid the groundwork for a permanent network to respond from below um, based on the same principles, the same, um, but also learning from, uh, you know, building off the successes of previous iterations and avoiding the mistakes uh, uh, that were made prior. Um, and then, uh, you know, to act as both a clearinghouse of resources and information on the subject uh, and also uh, provide a backup uh, for local spontaneous manifestations of mutual aid. Um, There's, um, you know, we don't want to replace or supplant spontaneous manifestations of mutual aid, but it does help tremendously to have already existent resources and volunteers and a body of knowledge um, to tap into. Um, And then we work hand in hand um, with affinity groups, local mutual aid groups, you know, and other uh, individuals, you know, responding to their neighbors.
0: Just for people who are listening who might not be aware of the term affinity groups, um, mutual aid network, can you just break down a few of those terms and what they mean for you in terms of your practice?
1: So, affinity groups is uh, a term that we've used in the global justice movement. Um, it refers to you know a small group of people that can work well with each other. You know can figure out their own decision making, figure out their own. You know actions, you know, kind of independently, um, and then that can work hand in hand with, you know, um, you know, like a larger network or larger, you know, group of affinity groups, you know, and and so it really promotes self-organization, um, and and that's really important in 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 our efforts because there's uh, not, you know, like a central authority that. Directs people and tells people what to do and where to go. Um, we do have, you know, some guiding principles and core values that unite us um, as mutual aid disaster relief, but it's a loose uh, network that um, relies on people taking initiative and and engaging in autonomous uh, direct action, and that's best when done uh, with you know a, a crew of folks that that people trust and that you know they. They they work well together, especially you know with stressful situations you know abounding and and also you know having a crew you know with you you know different people have different skills you know so some can you know attend to the mental health needs of everybody involved or the physical health needs or you know somebody is you know able to help you know with with legal aspects if that comes up or you know across you know we have different skills and um, yeah and sometimes you know the groups are um, uh, yeah we we work mostly you know we combine uh, uh, consensus based collective decision making with a respect for autonomy and self determination of people involved both survivors and Everybody participating, you know, volunteering as well, you know. So we we value both at the same time that you know we can make decisions together, um, but uh, you know on, on things that uh, concern everybody, and also uh, we devolve decision making to the localest scale possible, uh, where where folks are able to make split second decisions autonomously to respond to the self-determined needs of people impacted and in a way that eliminates bureaucracy and red tape.
0: Could you talk about um, the ways that this disaster relief response network in the the United States um, has been uh, interacting with the realities of climate change and the climate crisis?
1: Largely, um, you know, what Mutual Aid Disaster Relief has been doing is you responding to hurricanes and fires and Uh, floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, um, you know, the really visible climate-related events. We also respond to, you know, um, other things as well. Uh, But, um, you know, a lot of times that looks like um, distributing supplies, you know, after a major disaster, uh, doing uh, pop-up clinics or other wellness services. Uh, Tarping roofs or repairing homes, cleaning up flooded homes, you know, after flooding and, um, uh, you know, distributing N95 respirators uh, for the smoke, you know, from fires. Um, Also uh, creating solar infrastructure uh, so that uh, we're both, um, you know, respond in a better way, you know, when we're rebuilding and then also make us uh, more more likely and able to, you know, and you know, our movement partners, uh, more likely and able to um, withstand whatever disaster comes next.
0: So can you describe um, what you're doing right now? You're on a tour and you're sort of like engaging with different communities about your work or you're at a, at a series of events. I'm not sure how you would best describe it, but basically, can you can you just talk about some sort of the so people have a picture of um, the ways that people in the United States are responding to your your efforts um, which of course are done you know in collaboration with different people in, in different communities
1: so a couple of years ago we did a mutual aid disaster relief popular education tour um and that's how I met Cindy milstein for the first time she hosted one of the events and um we 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 dived into the subjects of mutual aid and solidarity how it's different from charity and then what disasters are on the horizon in that region or locality and cascading effects that happen from that and just trying to build power in that way um in a collective um participatory way and uh, currently Um, I recently edited an anthology uh, uh, on the same subject called Building Power While the Lights Are Out, A Disaster's Mutual Aid and Dual Power. Uh, Cindy Milstein is featured in the book with an essay, and uh, Klee uh, has a wonderful piece about indigenous mutual aid. Um, There's people who are talking about Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Sandy and COVID-19, uh, in other disasters and it's both individuals and groups it's about 20 different contributors with a lot of different uh positions and perspectives you know wide v- diversity of those um and and i've been you know doing little events here and there and uh discussing the book and having conversations uh with different communities about uh the subjects you know in in, in that anthology and um, yeah, it's been really wonderful to hear, uh, so many people's thoughts and questions and, you know, to talk through these, these ideas.
0: What are some, um, challenges that you've engaged with people about, uh, in regards to sustaining this type of grassroots, um, response network to disasters? Cause there are many. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to, to hear about, um, you know, what people have brought up in these events and uh, sustaining grassroots responses to major crises is is not simple. Two things that I think
1: of right away is, um, you know, like the trauma that comes with um, your, you know, the, you know, even if it's vicarious trauma, it's it's still trauma, you know, that people experience, you know, like um, extreme, you know, situations and loss and, um and you know also kind of hand in hand with that that another thing that's been brought up is you know like the um disaster patriarchy um how um you know in both those both those examples i think are ways in which um um you know teach teach our movements that we need to be more conscious in caring for each other and ourselves, um, and um, you know, like there's um, um, in in some some revolutionary movements, there's militant posturing, and there's um, you know, like a uh, and you know, like that. That's one lesson that's been learned, you know, through this type of organizing is um maybe we shouldn't be so focused on you know like the number of homes gutted and who can stay in that you know flooded out space the longest and you know like who can you know survive in the worst conditions you know but you know like uh, instead you know i i really uh resonate a lot with Bella Hooks's um uh, work, um, especially related to uh, the centrality of love uh, for for our radical movements, um, and I think you know that in general, in um, feminist praxis in general, has a lot to to teach us about how we can move forward uh, in a way that is sustainable for the long haul, for the rest of our lives, or for generations, um, and caring for each other and loving each other um is is you know going to be you know a key part of that um you know i uh a lot of times you know there's been you know just a simple act of of you know somebody sharing a lavender tincture or you know just um you know other acts of care and kindness and concern you know in in the context of a crisis you know can um, can go a long way to, like, oh, resetting oneself and uh, making making sure that we, you know, act intentionally instead of in crisis autopilot.
0: So working with these ideas and reflections on the ground is an ongoing process and depends on context, of course. Um, it'd be really interesting, if you don't mind... Uh, to hear a bit about like a few recent experiences you've had in relation to the network that you're part of. Um, um, yeah, just any sort of recent experiences in terms of doing response within different communities.
1: So after Hurricane Michael, um, it, Hurricane Michael was a category five storm that hit the panhandle right around Panama City. Um, and I'm, I live in Florida, so I, I responded to, to that one. And, um, you know, I was, you know, distributing supplies, you know, whatever, you know, I could get my hands on, uh, to, you know, like, uh, you know, public housing facilities and other neighborhoods in the city. Um, and, um, you know, I, uh, um, there's was a tent city that that was created by people displaced themselves, and um, the uh, it existed for maybe a month or so. And eventually, the the place where it was at the church uh, hierarchy and the uh, organization that was kind of tasked itself with running it, even though it was created by you know the survivors themselves, they kind of coordinated with the city and decided it had to go uh and so they you know at one point you know, started bulldozing everybody's tents um and you know throwing away everything and um there's this uh, one um single mom um who uh was always looking out for the other single moms in the camp uh and she um uh you know would you know make sure that they had the right size diapers or you know when when supplies were being donated she would look out and get them what they need whether it was gas for the generator or you know like baby supplies or whatnot um and um you know as they were you know like bulldozing people's tents and and belongings you know like she got she got a a small u-haul to to save you know some of the family's uh, belongings and you know try to try to minimize the damage you
0: know and just for people to to just get a bit more clear picture um so this is a tent city of people who are affected by the hurricane in panama city and also um when you talk about bulldozers uh you were talking about city officials actually coming in in the months after the hurricane to disrupt this uh, uh area that had been set up in the city where um, people had gone to seek shelter and refuge.
1: It was the city with the um, nonprofit industrial complex, <laughs> you know, teamed up.
0: <laughs> um, I am familiar with that term, and I appreciate you using it. But I also would really appreciate um, if you could share what that means from your perspective. Um, I
1: yeah. In this instance, um, this um, this organization. Um, Got a lot of funding, uh, for, um, for that tent city and for their their work, uh, for the community. Um, and then as soon as they got that funding, uh, they you know participated in the bulldozing of the of the camp and the clearing it out, um, and um, uh. But um, you know what I was getting at was there's this woman um, who's a single mom, you know, who is taking care of the other single moms. She got a truck to you know um, help salvage people's you know families' belongings and um, and you know they, I think that's a perfect example, you know, um, you know how uh, we can find people who are directly impacted who are also taking care of each other um, and whatever are. Whatever our resources are, are their resources because they they are doing, you know, uh, the essence of mutual aid, um, and and you know like it's it's you know like when when we're able to find you know individuals like that you know where um you know we um it just you know whether it's that or the you know the elder on the block who's who's taking care of the neighbors you know like uh the more that we can leverage our existing resources to support that organic, you know, mutual aid that arises, you know, the better. Um and another um, you know, more recently, um I was uh a couple months ago I was in New Orleans and you know, we last year around this time Ida hit, you know, on the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Um but more recently I was there um uh, we could connected uh, organized an event with footprint project to create um, these mo- modular solar uh, power units um, to you know set up around the city uh, so that uh, they could provide emergency power. Um, there was uh, you know a couple panels, an inverter, charge controller, lithium battery backup, all contained in like a a unit that could be moved to different locations, um, and so then you know different different um, community spaces or mutual aid centers could host you know those um, um, those units you know and um, we had uh, you know is also a educational opportunity for people to uh, learn about solar and get hands on experience uh, building it.
0: Thanks so much for sharing these examples. It's really um, always great to hear about um, the sort of interface between the ideas of your network, which are so awesome, and how that implements with a local context. Um, So we'll share uh, your website um, with people. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to speak today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: That was an interview with Jimmy Dunstan, uh, who is a founding member of Mutual Aid Disaster Relief in the United States. Uh, You can find more information uh, about this project at mutualaiddisasterrelief.org. I thought that this was a really interesting and important project to highlight as it points towards the ways that you know, grassroots, autonomous organizing, and networks of support in communities and cities across the U.S. are responding to uh, the realities of climate change. Often, there aren't the immediate resources needed in many particularly low-income communities to address uh, how you know an event like a hurricane or tornado or flooding. Um, as they become more and more frequent and often more intense due to climate change um, the ways that these are impacting communities speaks to very intense needs and these networks of support are coming together in interesting ways in the United States so I wanted to highlight this project Um, I think it speaks to many intersecting issues um, today. You've been listening to Free City Radio I'm your host Stefan Christoph. I share a new episode every week. We air uh, weekly on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays, on CJLO 1690 a.m. also in Giojage, Montreal on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 8 a.m. on Tuesdays, on cfrc 101.9 fm in kingston ontario at eleven thirty a.m on wednesdays and now also on cfuv 101.9 fm in victoria british columbia on wednesdays at 9 a.m you can find free city radio as a podcast uh, and download it uh, through spotify or apple podcasts our archives are at soundcloud.com free city radio thank you so much for being with us and please um, share um, this show or the word about the program with anybody you think who would be interested i'd really appreciate it thank you i'll go out with some music uh, today by amir al-safar uh, who is a great composer and musician based in new york city i'll talk to you soon and take care ah.